0: Chapter 3, Pesticide Labeling, Learning Objectives. After studying this chapter, you should know how to distinguish between federal registrations, state registrations, special local need registrations, experimental use permits, and emergency exemptions. Know how to identify the common, chemical, and brand names of pesticides on their labels know how to identify the percentage of active ingredient in a formulation know how to determine who may use a pesticide and how it may be used on the basis of its use classification for example restricted or unclassified understand relative hazard levels associated with pesticides whose labels contain the following signal words danger poison danger warning, and caution. Know how to interpret and follow label instructions, for example, directions for use, warnings, terms, symbols, restrictions, and precautions. Know how to interpret and follow personal protective equipment statements and practical treatment or first aid statements. Know how to interpret descriptions of environmental, physical, or chemical hazards, and follow necessary precautions. Know how to interpret and follow mixing and loading, storage, and disposal statements. Know how to interpret and follow directions on restricted entry statements, early entry exemptions, harvest intervals, and plant-back recropping limitations. Know how to access and interpret other documents and label referrals, for example, pesticide control specialists, extension agents about pesticide uses know how to obtain and review information on material safety data sheets MSDS end of page 31 the pesticide product label is the main method of communication between a pesticide manufacturer and pesticide users The information printed on or attached to the pesticide container is the label. By law, pesticide users are required to comply with all the instructions and use directions found on the pesticide product label. Labeling, on the other hand, includes the label itself, plus all other information referenced on the label or received from the manufacturer about the product when you buy it. The labeling may include brochures, leaflets, and other information that accompanies the pesticide product. Pesticide labeling gives you instructions on how to use the product safely and correctly. EPA approval
1: of of pesticide labeling. No pesticide may be sold in the United States until the Federal Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, has reviewed the manufacturer's application for registration and determined that the use of the product does not present an unreasonable risk to humans, wildlife, or the environment. As part of the registration process, the EPA must approve all language that the manufacturer registrant proposes to include in the product labeling. Except- exceptions to this are covered under a specific exemption See Minimum Risk Pesticide section in this chapter, which is on page 34. The EPA reviews the labeling to make sure it contains all the information needed for safe and effective use of the pesticide product and that the information is backed up by data submitted or cited by the manufacturer. The EPA may require the manufacturer to change the labeling if the information is incomplete or incorrect. The liaison between the EPA and the registrant is the EPA product manager. The role of the product manager is to coordinate the agency's internal review and to monitor the status of the registration. The product manager also facilitates discussion among agency scientists and helps resolve problems that occur during the registration process. The EPA's policy of delegating to one product manager the responsibility for the complete documentation of data on a specific active ingredient allows an individual to view the whole picture, such as health and safety issues, environmental and wildlife concerns, and product chemistry. Equally important, the product manager helps to coordinate an open line of communication among the EPA, the registrant, and the public. Only after the EPA has reviewed the labeling and registered the product can a pesticide product be sold for use. If the manufacturer wants to change the information on the labeling after the product and labeling are registered, the EPA must approve the change. The label. One of the more important tools for the safe and effective use of pesticides is the product label. Pesticide manufacturers are required by law by law to put certain information on the label. Failure to heed and follow that information can result in a pesticide accident and legal action against the violator. Labels are legal documents providing directions on how to mix, apply, store, and dispose of pesticide products. Background of the label. To appreciate the value of the information on a pesticide label, One must consider the time, effort, and money spent to gather it. The information on a product label is the result of years of research. This information takes a minimum of six years to obtain and costs a chemical company millions of dollars. Chemical companies continually make new compounds and then screen them for possible pesticide use.
0: For every new pesticide that successfully meets the standards, Thousands of other compounds are screened and discarded for various reasons. Once a promising pesticide is discovered, its potential application must be evaluated. If a company believes it has a worthwhile product and a strong possibility exists for a significant sales market, it begins wide-scale testing and label registration procedures. In the development and labeling of a pesticide, the manufacturer is interested in proving not only that the chemical controls the pests, but also that it does not cause unreasonable adverse effects. Many kinds of carefully controlled tests are conducted to determine the effectiveness and safety of each pesticide under a wide range of environmental conditions. Toxicity and toxicological tests. How poisonous or dangerous is a pesticide to humans, wildlife, and other organisms? Does the chemical cause any long-term chronic effects? Does the chemical cause any skin dermal reactions? To determine these and other health effects, researchers administer the pesticide at various dosages to test animals, usually rats and mice. These toxicological tests alone often cost a company several million dollars to complete. Efficacy or performance tests. Does the pesticide control the target pest? The company must have performance data to show that the pesticide controls a particular pest or group of pests on one or more hosts or sites, including plants, animals, soil, and structures. Data must show that the pesticide, when used for its intended purpose and according to directions, is a useful product. Information is also needed on crop varieties, soil types, application methods and rates, and number of required applications. Tests must show that the pests are controlled, crops or animals are not injured, yield and or quality has been improved and that the pesticide definitely provides a worthwhile benefit. Degradation, mobility and residue tests. What happens to the pesticide after it is applied? A series of studies is needed to show how long it takes for the compound to break down, degrade, into harmless materials under various conditions. In addition, it is important to know if the pesticide moves through the soil into groundwater or if it moves into the plant from treated soil. Residue studies are conducted for each method of application on each treated crop or animal. These tests determine how much, if any, of the pesticide residue or its breakdown products remains on or in the crop or animal at the time of harvest or slaughter. From these data, the number of days from the last pesticide application until harvest or slaughter is determined. For each pesticide used on a crop or commodity, the EPA establishes a residue tolerance, which is the maximum amount of a pesticide residue that may legally remain on or in food or feed at harvest or slaughter. Tolerances are expressed in parts per million ppm. For example, the tolerance for carbaryl 7 insecticide on blackberries is 12 parts per million, on blueberries 10 parts per million, but only 5 parts per million in poultry. Pesticide residues on or in food or feed commodities must not exceed the residue tolerances when the crop or animal including meat, milk, and eggs is ready for market or livestock feeding. Although specific tolerances are not included on product labels, pre-harvest intervals, days to harvest, and or pre-slaughter intervals, days to slaughter, are often listed on labels of agricultural pesticides. These are the minimum number of days that must pass between the last application of a pesticide and the harvest of crops or the slaughter of livestock. Intervals are set by the EPA to allow time for the pesticide to break down on crops or in livestock. Adhering to these intervals prevents residues greater than EPA-approved tolerances on food, feed, or animal products. Food safety is a concern if residues exceed the EPA tolerance or if residues are found on commodities that do not have a tolerance. Under these conditions, the commodity may be condemned or destroyed. And page 33, Effects on wildlife and the environment. The company must determine the effects of field applications of the pesticide on wildlife and the environment. Any potential harmful effects on wildlife and the environment that are recognized during these studies must be included in the environmental impact statement submitted to the EPA. There's a picture of dead fish on the bank near a river. Types of pesticide registration. Section 3 registrations. You are responsible for applying only pesticides registered or exempted from registration by the EPA and your respective state, territory, or tribe. You may encounter two major types of EPA registrations. Section 3 standard registration or Section 24 C special local need. In addition, the EPA also allows emergency exemptions from registration, Section 18. Federal EPA or Section 3 registrations are the most common. Section 3 registrations are granted under the Federal Insecticide, Fungicide and Rodenticide Act, FIFRA. Look for the official EPA registration number that must appear on the label except for the products that the EPA classifies as minimum risk pesticides to be sure you are buying an improved product. Occasionally pest problems arise that cannot be managed with currently registered pesticides. Sometimes the commodity, target, or site is not on the registered pesticide label. In some situations you can request a special local need S LN registration or an emergency exemption. Special local need registrations. Special local need SLN registrations are categorized as 24C registrations. They allow states to expand or limit the uses of certain registered pesticides within their jurisdictions. For example, some SLNs allow uses of pesticides for crops or sites not listed on the label. Others add limitations to the uses of a federally registered pesticide to accommodate area-specific conditions. Manufacturers must provide supplemental labeling for each SLN registration. You must have the SLN labeling in your possession to use the pesticide for that purpose. The registration numbers of special local need labeling include the SLN number and the code for the state issuing the registration. These registrations are legal only in the region, state, or local area specified in the labeling. Applying a pesticide that has an SLN registration from another state or region makes you subject to civil and criminal penalties. Emergency exemptions Emergency exemptions address pest problems for which no pesticides are registered. The EPA can issue an emergency exemption at the request of the state regulatory agency. First, the state must acknowledge the need and consider it appropriate. Usually, these needs are based on specific public health quarantine emergencies or crises that require the use of an unregistered pesticide. There must be no feasible alternative to the exemption. Known as a section 18 exemption, it allows the sale and use of a certain pesticide product for a specific non-registered purpose during a specified period of time. Regulations impose strict controls and require record keeping for all emergency uses. You must understand the special requirements and responsibilities involved whenever you, you use pesticides with emergency exemptions. The state pesticide regulatory agency prescribes application rates safety precautions and other vital application information applicators must have a copy of the section 18 approval in their possession to legally use the product although they are often referred to as labels or labeling section 18 uses instructions I'm sorry, section 18 use instructions are not true labels. These products have not been registered by the EPA. Applicators can however, follow the instructions found on a copy of the EPA approval letter to the state authorizing the section 18 exemption. End of page 34, chapter three. Minimum risk pesticides. In 1996, the EPA exempted from registration certain pesticides considered to pose minimum risk to humans and the environment, provided the products satisfy certain conditions. These products were exempted partly on the basis of their minimum risk status and partly as an effort by the EPA to reduce the cost and regulatory burden on businesses. In addition, This allowed the EPA to focus its limited resources on pesticides that pose the greatest risk. Products identified as exempt under Section 25B of FIFRA do not require EPA label approval and do not undergo review by the agency. Furthermore, They have no label requirements for an EPA registration number, an EPA establishment number, any signal word, or any personal protective equipment To qualify for a Section 25 exemption from registration, each of the active ingredients in any such product must be on a list of specified minimal risk active ingredients. In addition, any inert ingredients in these products must also be listed as minimal risk inert ingredients. Label requirements were established by the EPA for minimum risk pesticides. Product labels may not claim to control microorganisms that pose a threat to human health. For example, the, may, the label may list a pest such as a mosquito or tick but it must not claim to control any microorganism that the pest transmits to humans. Each state has its own statutes and regulations on pesticide registration. Many states do not permit the sale of a Section 25 b product unless it is first registered in the state. You need to check with your state regulatory agency on the registration and use requirements of Section 25 b products photograph of a man looking at a pesticide label, always read the label prior to purchasing and using the pesticide. When to read the pesticide label. Applicators should read the pesticide label and supplemental labeling thoroughly before buying the pesticide. Make sure the pesticide is registered for your intended use. Confirm that there are no restrictions or other conditions that prohibit using this pesticide at the application site. Be certain its use is suitable for weather conditions at the time of application. Also, be sure it controls the appropriate life stage of your pest. Find out what personal protective equipment and special application equipment will be needed. Before mixing and applying the pesticide. Learn how to mix and apply the material safely. Find out what precautions to take to prevent exposure to people and non-target organisms. Learn what first aid and medical treatments are necessary should an accident occur. End of page 35, chapter 3.
1: When storing pesticides, find out how to store the pesticides properly. Understand the special precautions to prevent fire hazards before disposing of unused pesticides in empty containers. Learn how to prevent environmental contamination and hazards to people. Before disposal, check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for any disposal restrictions and requirements and find out whether your state has pesticide container recycling and waste disposal programs available.
0: Parts of the label. Some labels are easy to understand. Others are complicated. It is the user's responsibility to read and understand the label before buying, using, storing, or disposing of a pesticide. Each of the label components will be discussed in this section. Figure 3.1 will be an example of a pesticide label trade brand or product name every manufacturer has trade names for its products most companies register each trade name as a trademark and will not allow any other company to use that name without permission various manufacturers use different trade names even though the products contain the same active ingredient the brand or trade name shows up plainly on the front panel of the label and is the one used in advertisements and by company salespeople. The brand name often indicates the type of formulation and the percentage of active ingredient present. For example, 750WP is a brand name, 7 is the registered trade name, and the formulation is a wettable powder containing 50% Active ingredient. Ingredient Statement Every pesticide label must list the active ingredients and the percentage of each active ingredient found in that particular product. The active ingredient, or simply the AI, is the chemical or chemicals in a pesticide product responsible for pesticidal activity. It is the material in a pesticide formulation that actually destroys a pest or performs a desired function. For example, repellent, growth regulator. Inert ingredients are not usually named, but the label must show what percentage of the total contents they make up. The ingredient statement must list the official chemical names and or common names of the active ingredients. There is a box with the seven S E V I N insecticide example. The chemical name is the complex name that identifies the chemical components and structures of the pesticide's active ingredient this name must be listed in the ingredient statement on the label. For example, the chemical name of 7 is one naphthyl n methyl carbamate Because chemical names or active ingredients are usually complex, many are given a shorter common name. Only those common names officially accepted by the EPA may be used in the ingredient statement on the pesticide label. The official common name is usually followed by the chemical name on the, in the list of active ingredients. The common name for seven is carbaryl. By purchasing pesticides according to the common or chemical names, you are certain of getting the right active ingredient no matter what the brand name or formulation. End of page 36, chapter 3. Page 36 starts out with an example of an ingredient statement. It lists three different active ingredients and inert ingredients, showing a total of active and inert ingredients of 100%. Use Classification Statement Currently, the EPA classifies every pesticide product as either restricted use or unclassified general use. Every product that is federally classified as a restricted use pesticide must include the following statement at the top of the front panel of the pesticide label within a box states restricted use pesticide for retail sale to and use only by certified applicators or persons under their direct supervision and only for those uses covered by the certified applicators certification. Pesticides labeled for restricted use warrant special attention. Many pesticides are designated as restricted use pesticides if there is a reason to believe they could ca- they could harm humans, livestock, wildlife, or the environment, even when used according to label directions. The restricted use statement indicates the specific hazard of that pesticide. For example, a product may be very toxic to humans and wildlife or pose a groundwater hazard. Persons using these products must be certified or have received special training and have demonstrated a certain level of competence to ensure that they can handle these pesticides properly. Unclassified pesticides are commonly referred to as general use pesticides. Typically, They have a lower toxicity with less potential than restricted-use pesticides to harm humans or the environment. They can be purchased and used by the general public without special permits or restrictions. Type of Pesticide The type of pesticide is usually listed on the front panel of the pesticide label. This short statement indicates in general terms what the product controls. Examples Insecticide for control of certain insects on fruits, nuts, and ornamentals. Herbicide for the control of woody brush and weeds. Insecticide for broad-spectrum control of crawling, flying, and wood-infesting insect pests on indoor and outdoor surfaces, as well as pests of trees, landscape ornamentals, and residential and commercial lawns net contents the pesticide label must show how much product is in the container this is expressed as pounds or ounces for dry formulations or as gallons quarts, or pints for liquids liquid formulations may also list the pounds of active ingredients per gallon of product many labels now include metric units grams kilograms liters as part of the contents information. Name and manufacturer name and address of manufacturer. The law requires the manufacturer or formulator of a product put the name and address of the company on the label. This is so you know who made or sold the product. Emergency telephone number. Many pesticide manufacturers include an emergency telephone number on their product labels. These companies are ready to assist anyone in the event of an emergency, poisoning, spill, fire involving their products. End of page 37. Registration numbers. An EPA registration number must appear on all pesticide labels, except Section 25B labels. The EPA registration number indicates that the pesticide product has been registered and its label approved by the EPA. Most EPA registration numbers include just two sets of numbers, which identify the manufacturer and the specific product. Occasionally, a third set of numbers is included. This is a distributor's identification number and appears only on labels of distributor products. In cases of a special local need, pesticide products may be approved for use in a specific state. This will be indicated in the registration number. There's a box that shows the examples of EPA registration numbers. For example, an EPA registration number 31202801492. The 3120 identifies the manufacturer, 280 identifies the specific product. And 1492 identifies the distributor. Establishment number. An EPA establishment number, for example, EPA EST period NO period 5840 AZ dash 1 must also appear on the pesticide label to identify the facility that produced the product. This is necessary in case a problem arises or the product is found to be adulterated in any way. The AZ in the establishment number indicates the product was manufactured in a specific facility in Arizona. Signal words and symbols. There's a picture that shows signal words, indicate the relative acute toxicity of the product to humans and animals. And there's some uh, wording such as, keep out of reach of children, warning. Keep out of reach of children, caution. Keep out of reach of children, danger, poison with a skull and crossbones. Signal words. Most pesticide labels must include a signal word. This important designation gives the user an indication of the relative acute toxicity of the product to humans and animals. The signal word must appear in large letters on the front panel of the pesticide label along with the statement keep out of reach of children. Very low toxicity pesticides Toxicity Category 4 are no longer required to display a signal word, although many manufacturers still include a caution signal word on the label of these products. The following signal words may be found on most pesticide labels. Danger hyphen poison, skull and crossbones symbol, these words and symbols must appear on all products that are highly toxic by any route of entry into the body. The word poison must appear in red. They can cause death in very low doses. Peligro, the Spanish word for danger, must also appear on the label. Danger. Products with this signal word can cause severe eye damage or skin irritation. Warning. This word signal- signals that the product is moderately toxic either orally, dermally, or through inhalation and causes moderate eye and skin irritation. Aviso, the Spanish word for warning, must also appear on the label. Caution. This word signals that the product is slightly toxic either orally dermally or through inhalation or causes slight eye and skin irritation signal words should be used to choose the least toxic chemical that provides the net desired level of pest control precautionary statements all pesticide labels contain additional statements to help applicators decide what precautions to take to protect themselves their employees, and other persons or animals that could be exposed. Sometimes, these statements are listed under the heading Hazards to Humans and Domestic Animals. These statements may be included in several sections of the label. End of page 38, Chapter 3. Routes of Entry Statements These statements indicate which route or routes of entry, mouth, skin, lungs, are particularly hazardous. Many pesticide products are hazardous by more than one route, so study these statements carefully. A danger signal word followed by, may be fatal if swallowed or inhaled, gives you a far different warning than danger followed by corrosive causes eye damage and severe skin burns. Typical danger label statements include fatal if swallowed, poisonous if inhaled, extremely hazardous by skin contact rapidly absorbed through skin, corrosive causes eye damage and severe skin burns. Routes of entry statements are not uniform on all labels. Many variations are found. More than one or even all four precautions may appear on a label. Typical warning label statements include harmful or fatal if swallowed, harmful or fatal if absorbed through the skin, harmful or fatal if inhaled, causes skin and eye irritation, Typical caution label statements include, harmful if swallowed, may be harmful if inhaled, may irritate eyes, nose, throat, and skin. Specific action statements. These statements usually follow the route of entry statements. The specific action statements recommend specific precautions to take and to and protective clothing and equipment to wear to reduce exposure to the pesticide. These statements are direct, directly related to the toxicity of the pesticide product, signal word, and the routes of entry. Danger labels typically contain statements such as do not breathe vapors or spray mist, do not get on skin or clothing, do not get in eyes. Typical warning labels often combine specific action statements from danger and caution labels. Caution labels generally contain specific action statements that are less threatening than those on the danger label indicating that the toxicity hazard is not as great. Avoid contact with skin or clothing. Avoid breathing dust, vapors or spray mists. Avoid getting in eyes. Protective equipment, protective clothing and equipment statements. Pesticides Labels vary in the type of information they contain on protective clothing and equipment. Some labels carry no such statement at all. Other pesticide labels fully describe appropriate protective clothing and equipment. A few list the kinds of respirators that must be worn when handling and applying the product. Others require the use of a respirator but do not specify a type or model. Follow all advice on protective clothing or equipment that appears on the label. Note that the lack of such a statement or the mention of only one piece of equipment does not rule out the need for additional protection. To determine the proper type of protective equipment and clothing needed, Consider the signal word, the route of entry statements, and the specific action statements. Read the basic guidelines described in Chapters 5 and 6. End of page 39, Chapter 3. Other Precautionary Statements Labels often list other precautions that should always be followed when handling the product. These are self-explanatory. Do not contaminate food or feed. Remove and wash contaminated clothing before reuse. Wash thoroughly after handling and before eating or smoking. Wear clean clothes daily. Not for use or storage in and around a house. Do not allow children or domestic animals into the treated area. These are common sense statements. The absence from the label of such such statements does not indicate that these precautions should be ignored. There is an example of a list of precautionary statements as well as practical treatment uh, if you get it in your eyes or other parts of your body. Statement of practical treatment. This section lists first aid treatments recommended in case of poisoning or accidental exposure. Typical statements include In case of contact with skin, wash immediately with plenty of soap and water. In case of contact with eyes, flush with water for 15 minutes and get medical attention. In case of inhalation exposure, Remove victim from contaminated area and give artificial respiration if necessary. If swallowed, induce vomiting. All danger labels and some warning and caution labels contain a note to physicians describing the appropriate medical procedures and antidotes for poisoning emergencies. The label should always be available in emergencies. Environmental hazards. Pesticides can be harmful to the environment. Some products are classified as restricted use because of their environmental hazards. Watch for special warning statements on the label concerning hazards to the environment. Special toxicity statements. If a particular pesticide is especially hazardous to wildlife, the label will say that. For example, this product is highly toxic to bees. This product is extremely toxic to fish and aquatic invertebrates. This product is toxic to birds and other wildlife. These statements alert pesticide users to the special hazards a product poses. They should help applicators choose the safest product for a particular job and remind them to take extra precautions. General environmental statements. Some of these statements appear on virtually every pesticide label. They are reminders to follow certain common sense procedures to avoid contaminating the environment. The absence of or of any or all of these statements does not mean that you do not need to take adequate precautions. Sometimes these statements follow a specific toxicity statement and provide practical steps to avoid harm to wildlife. Examples of general environmental statements include do not apply when runoff is likely to occur. Do not apply when weather conditions favor drift from treated areas. Do not contaminate water by improperly disposing of rinse water and other pesticide wastes. Do not apply when bees are likely to be in the area. Do not apply directly to water or to areas where surface water is present, or to intertidal areas below the mean high water mark. The use of this chemical in areas where soils are permeable, particularly where the water table is shallow, may result in groundwater contamination. End of page 40, chapter 3. At the beginning of page 41, there is an example of an uh, environmental uh, statement that talks about the environmental hazards, uh, an aquatic invertebrates that drift in runoff may be hazardous uh, for and to give you an, uh, uh, some direction as to when to not to apply um, the particular pesticide. Physical or chemical hazards. This section of the label describes any special fire, explosion, or chemical hazards the product may pose. For example, flammable do not use, pour, spill, or store near heat or open flame. Do not cut or weld container. Corrosive store only in a corrosion resistant tank. Hazard statements hazards to humans and domestic animals, environmental hazards, and physical or chemical hazards are not located in the same place on all pesticide labels. Some labels group them under the headings listed above. Other labels list them on the front panel beneath the signal word. Still other labels list the hazards in par- in paragraph form somewhere else on the label under the headings such as note or Important. Before using a pesticide, examine the label carefully for these statements to ensure that you handle the products properly and safely. Agricultural Use Requirements This section is found only on product labels that are covered by the EPA Worker Protection Standard, WPS. The WPS includes requirements for the protection of agricultural workers on farms and in forests, nurseries, and greenhouses, and handlers of agricultural pesticides. This section also contains requirements for training, decontamination, notification, emergency assistance, personal protective equipment, PPE, and restricted entry intervals. REI. End of page 41. Restricted Entry Intervals, REI. Many pesticide labels include a statement about a restricted entry interval, REI. The REI specifies how much time must pass between the application of a pesticide and the re-entry of unprotected workers into a treated area. The EPA sets REIs. The REI statement can be found under the heading of Agricultural Use Requirements. If no REI or other restricted entry statement appears on the label, then all persons should wait at least until sprays have dried or dusts have settled before re-entering a treated area. If there are multiple REIs on a label, you can usually find the appropriate REI at the beginning of the use direction section for each crop. The EPA has an al- has allowed for an exception to the WPS that permits, under specified conditions, workers to enter pesticide-treated areas during a restricted entry interval, REI, to perform tasks that involve short-term limited contact with pesticide treated surfaces. This exception allows workers the flexibility to perform certain tasks during an REI that could not have been foreseen and which, if delayed, would cause significant economic loss. However, early entry workers must wait at least four hours after the application and must be wearing the personal protective equipment specified on the label. There's a picture with a sign saying danger, keep out no entree and it, the caption, under the Federal Worker Protection Standard, WPS, workers must be notified about areas treated with pesticides so they may avoid inadvertent exposures. Also on this page is an example of an agricultural use requirements box that indicates that the product must be used in accordance with the worker protection standard. It contains requirements uh, for the re-entry interval and personal protective equipment required for a worker entering in uh, that area during the re-entry interval. Non-agricultural use requirements. The requirements in this section apply to pesticide uses that are not within the scope of the worker protection standard, such as the application of pesticides to lawns, golf courses, ornamental plantings, structures except greenhouses, aquatic areas, and rights of way. Specified reentry times are not generally listed for these uses, though the label often cautions people and pets not to enter treated areas until the spray has dried or dust has settled. End of page 42, chapter 3. Storage and Disposal all pesticide labels contain general instructions for the appropriate storage and disposal of the pesticide and its container state and local laws may vary considerably so specific instructions usually are not included one or more statements may appear in a special section of the label titled storage and disposal or under headings such as important note or general instructions. These include store herbicides away from fertilizers, insecticides, fungicides, and seeds. Store at temperatures above 32 degrees Fahrenheit or zero degrees centigrade. Do not reuse container, render unusable. Do not contaminate water, food, or feed by storage or disposal triple rinse, or equivalent, and dispose of in an approved landfill. Seek sound advice if needed to determine the best storage and disposal procedures for your operation and location. Read this section before you purchase the product to be sure you can meet the requirements. Directions for Use These instructions provide the directions on how to use the product. The use instructions will tell you the pests that the manufacturer claims the product will control, the crop, animal, or site the product is intended to protect, the proper mixing instructions, how much to use, rate, and how often, how close to harvest the product can be applied, pre-harvest interval phytotoxicity, damage to plants, and other possible injury. Where and when the material should be applied. Recropping, composting, grazing, and other restrictions. How to manage drift. It is illegal and considered a misuse to use any registered pesticide in a manner inconsistent with its labeling. Examples of pesticide misuse include applying a pesticide to a site that is not listed on the label, applying a pesticide at a higher than labeled rate, and handling a pesticide in a manner that violates specific label instructions, e.g., storage near food or water, improper container disposal. Many terms are used on labels to, to describe when and how to use pesticides. Many technical terms also appear in leaflets and bulletins that you may get from your local Cooperative Extension Office, land-grant university, state and federal pesticide regulatory agencies, pesticide manufacturers, and professional pest management associations. Your understanding of these terms will help you obtain optimum results from pesticide applications. Refer to the glossary in this manual, if you do not have if you do not understand the directions on a label check with your pesticide dealer or salesperson a county extension agent your state pesticide regulatory agency or your professional association the label provides a wealth of information failure to follow the instructions on a pesticide label can result in a serious pesticide accident and constitutes a legal violation that you that may make you subject to civil or criminal prosecution remember the label is a legal document the user is liable for personal injury crop or site damage or pollution that occurs through misuse of a pesticide page 43 chapter Page 44 is an example of a label. In the upper left it has the statement of practical treatment. Underneath that section is a precautionary statements talks about hazards to humans and domestic animals. Underneath that is personal protective equipment Uh, that is required for applicators and other handlers. In the middle of the label is the box that says restricted use pesticide and due to very high toxicity to humans and birds for retail sale to and use only by certified applicators or persons under their direct supervision and only for those uses covered by the Certified Pest Applicator's Certificate. It then lists the active ingredients, it gives, uh, and inert ingredients. It also talks about user safety recommendations, environmental hazards, physical and chemical hazards. On the right-hand side of the label, Uh, describes directions for use, general directions uh, for spray preparation and then directions for aerial or ground spray application as well as the agricultural use requirements box which again talks about uh, the worker protection standard 40 CFR port Part 170 uh, talks about the uh, restricted entry interval as well as the PPE required to enter. And that was Figure 3.1 Sample Pesticide Label, which was adapted from MSU Pesticide Applicator Core Training Manual. Material Safety Data Sheets. Material Safety Data Sheets (MSDS), are very useful documents for learning about specific chemical and physical properties of pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, fungicides, rodenticides, disinfectants, etc., or other potentially hazardous substances. Manufacturers of these substances are required to develop and to provide, upon request, a MSDS for each product. The MSDS provides detailed information about the products composition, physical and chemical properties and hazards, toxicological and ecological information, and first aid procedures. Commercial establishments using pesticides and other products are required to keep appropriate MSDS and make them available to workers or others who may come into contact with the substance, its diluted end product, or its residues. Because there is no standardized form for the MSDS, and because the information is presented in technical terms, the MSDS can be difficult for readers to decipher without specialized scientific training. The following explains how the MSDS is derived and arranged and helps the reader interpret the information contained in it. Ideally, the MSDS is used in combination with the pesticide label, but it should never be used in place of the actual product label. Development of the MSDS. Pesticide manufacturers must perform a wide range of tests before their products can be registered with the US Environmental Protection Agency for use in the United States. The MSDS reflects the results of these tests on the formulated product. The Hazard Communication Standard of the Occupational Safety and Health Act OSHA, requires the MSDS be made available to workers in manufacturing or to any end user who handles the end-use formulated material. MSDS readers should remember that except for applicators, people who are usually exposed to diluted products or to residues, rather than to the product for which the MSDS was developed. Incidental exposure from dilute sprays does not equate to workplace exposure information presented in the MSDS, and the information should be interpreted with this in mind. Components of the MSDS the information contained in the MSDS may appear under various headings and does not have to follow the same order, but the elements of the MSDS are the same. Chemical Product Identification. This section identifies the ingredients in the product by common, generic name and the percentage of, of the active ingredients and by percentage of inert ingredients. An inert ingredient is simply one for which no toxic activity against the pest is claimed. The active ingredient is the component that actually controls the pest. Inert ingredients, however, may have effects on humans or other animals, plants, etc. The exact identification of inert ingredients is considered proprietary information so they are not required to be listed on either a label or the MSDS. However, the EPA maintains a list of inert ingredients considered not to present excess hazards and registrants choose from those when they formulate products. This section of the MSDS may also provide information about the class of chemical such as organophosphate insecticide or Chlorophenoxy herbicide. Because chemicals in a particular class share certain characteristics, this information may be helpful, particularly to the healthcare professional. This section also often provides synonyms, i.e., brand names, of other products with the same composition. On this page is an example of chemical product identification on an MSDS. It gives the product and company identification, uh, listing active ingredients, the chemical family, molecular formula, the chemical name, the manufacturer, and an emergency telephone number. End of page 45, Chapter 3. Physical and Chemical Properties. This section describes the product's physical appearance and provides information about how the product behaves under certain physical and chemical conditions. Particularly relevant are the measures for solubility in water, vapor pressure, stability, and freezing-slash-boiling point water solubility is a factor in whether a substance is likely to be carried off the site in runoff water or in leachate in general the lower the solubility the more likely the substance is to bind to soil particles or organic matter rather than to dissolve in water a relatively high solubility in water can be a benefit however because water soluble products are excreted in urine rather than stored in body fat. A substance's vapor pressure helps determine whether the substance is likely to volatilize or form a gas. Other factors include temperature, how tightly the substance binds to soil particles, plants, or the site of application, and how much water is present combined with the substance's water solubility. Products with relatively high volatility are more likely to be detected through smell than products with low volatility. Some MSDS provide direct information about the odor of a product. Products may range from practically odorless to very apparent. Stability and freezing and boiling points of a substance determine whether a product can be stored over the summer or winter. Freezing and excessive heating may degrade the product, resulting in a loss of efficacy against the pest. Fire and Explosion Hazards Some substances can spontaneously catch on fire at a certain temperature. In such cases, the MSDS identifies the temperature, called the flash point, at which the substance catches fire. The MSDS may list conditions to avoid such as materials that are incompatible with the product. For instance, some substances can react with galvanized containers to form hydrogen gas, a highly combustible material. Toxicological information, human health data. The MSDS identifies by what routes of exposure the product may be harmful, for example ingestion oral through the mouth, dermal through the skin, and inhalation by breathing in the product's vapors. The MSDS also summarizes results of toxicological tests performed on laboratory animals and extrapolates them to the potential for effects on humans. The toxicological tests required by the EPA include acute toxicity, chronic toxicity, Delayed toxicity, oncogenicity, ability to cause tumors, carcinogenicity, ability to cause malignant tumors or cancer, teratogenicity, ability to cause birth defects, and fetotoxicity, other adverse effects on the fetus, such as low birth weight or spontaneous abortion. The MSDS also lists symptoms of acute overexposure and usually lists medical conditions that may be aggravated by exposure to the product. It is important to remember that a substance's level of acute toxicity is not related to its ability to cause chronic or delayed effects. The MSDS usually provides specific information about the product's ability to cause eye and skin irritation or allergic responses. Allergic responses are also not related to the chemical's level of acute toxicity. Thus, it is possible for a slightly toxic pesticide, category three, to be associated with adverse long-term effects or allergic reactions. And conversely, for a highly toxic pesticide, category one, to have no long term no known long term or allergic effects see chapter 5 for a discussion of toxicity categories cholinesterase inhibition if the pesticide can inhibit cholinesterase an enzyme that regulates nerve impulses the msds may identify it as a cholinesterase inhibitor such identification was not required until recently. On this page is a, an example of physical and chemical properties section on an MSDS for an herbicide product. It lists boiling point, melting point, evaporation rate, vapor pressure in millimeters of mercury, vapor density uh, compared to air, which equals one, specific gravity, water compared to water, which equals 1, solubility in water, appearance and odor, other information such as pH, density, freezing point, and percent volatile by volume. Regulatory levels and classification some compounds have regulatory limits on the amount of time a worker can be exposed to them some substances have been classified on their ability to act as carcinogens cancer producing substances personal protection recommendations special equipment to be worn while handling the concentrate product is specified by the MSDS many products do not require special protective equipment others require chemical proof goggles I'm sorry others require chemical proof gloves goggles respirators or other gear remember that the equipment listed pertains to the product as formulated refer to the pesticide label to check whether gear listed on the MSDS is required to be worn while handling the diluted product additional information The MSDS must also provide information on emergency and first aid procedures. This section provides specific information about first aid and emergency treatment for persons exposed to the product. If the chemical is a cholinesterase inhibitor, the MSDS states this and provides treatment information for the physician. Ecological or environmental hazards this section provides information on acute and chronic effects on wildlife in similar terms as the statements pertaining to humans spills fire and accident procedures this section provides directions for cleaning up spills and leaks as well as special information for firefighters storage and disposal this section provides directions on how to store and properly dispose of the pesticide This information may range from very specific to quite general. It is a good idea to have an MSDS available for every pesticide product that you are using. Read both the pesticide label and the MSDS for a more complete picture of the potential hazards associated with the pesticide. Both the label and the MSDS provide valuable information in case of a pesticide emergency. Summary. The language on pesticide labels is strictly regulated by the EPA in coordination with pesticide manufacturers to provide precise information on how to use pesticides correctly and safely. It is the applicator's responsibility to read, understand, and follow the label directions to ensure that pesticides are applied according to regulations. The label directions are written to instruct the applicator how to use the pesticide for effective control of the target pest while minimizing harmful effects to other organisms and the environment. Make sure the pesticide has both federal and state registration for its intended use. Be familiar with all sections on a pesticide label and know where to find the specific directions and precautions for each pest control situation that you manage. Know both the trade and common names of the chemical you are using and be familiar with the product's active ingredients. Signal words and symbols help the applicator recognize how toxic, i.e. dangerous, the pesticide is. These signal words are often accompanied by precautionary statements that further explain how the pesticide may cause injury and what to do to prevent it. For example, routes of entry statements, specific action statements, protective clothing, and equipment statements. Other parts of the label let the applicator know how, when, where, and on what target pest the pesticide may be applied. For example, directions for use, mixing and loading instructions. Still, other parts of the label inform users what to do should an accident occur and what precautions to take to avoid harming themselves, other persons, the environment, or non-target organisms. For example, practical treatment statements, environmental hazards, storage and disposal, physical or chemical hazards all parts of the pesticide label must be carefully read and followed the label however may not provide all of the information needed to avoid harmful effects of pesticides it is a good practice to take even further precautions such as using additional protective clothing and equipment beyond what the pesticide label recommends pesticide labels in combination with msds provide a wealth of information on the hazards associated with each pesticide. Carefully review these documents before applying any pesticide. Applicators are better prepared to avoid any harmful effects if they understand the properties of the pesticide more thoroughly. Remember, it is the applicator's responsibility to ensure that pesticides are applied effectively and as safely as possible. End of pages 47 and 48. End of chapter 3. Review Questions. Chapter 3. Pesticide Labeling. Question 1. What is needed to apply a pesticide legally when a pest problem arises for which a food or feed commodity is not on the registered pesticide label or a tolerance has not yet been established. A, an emergency exemption. B, use a restricted use pesticide. C, a minimum risk pesticide classification. D, an emergency registration. Question two, which of the following sections under FIFRA Exempts from Registration, Pesticides Considered to Pose Minimum Risk. A. Section 3. B. Section 18. C. Section 24C. D. Section 25B. Question 3. An active ingredient in band 75 WG is listed as chlorpyrifos zero comma 0, zero diethyl zero hyphen parenthesis three comma five comma six hyphen trichloral two hyphen pyridinyl and parenthesis phosph Forothionate. What does the term chlorpyrifos represent? A, the brand name. B, the chemical name. C, the common name. D, the registered trade name. Which question four? Which statement about pesticide label names and ingredients is true? A the active ingredients and the inert ingredients must be listed by chemical name. B various manufacturers use different trade names even though the products contain the same active ingredient. C the common names are those accepted officially by the manufacturer. D. Inert ingredients are responsible for the pesticide activity. Question 5. What is the purpose of the signal word? A. To give the user an indication of the relative acute toxicity of the product to humans and animals. B informs the user of what type of PPE to wear. C informs the user of how toxic the pesticide is to wildlife and the environment. D tells the user what type of first aid treatment to seek in case of exposure. Question 6 the route of entry statement on a label extremely hazardous by skin contact Hyphen, rapidly absorbed through the skin would most likely appear with which signal word? A. Danger. B. Warning. C. Caution. D. No signal word required. Question 7. The statement, do not breathe vapors or spray mist. Is an example of a a specific action statement b a statement of practical treatment c a route of entry statement d a protective clothing statement question eight which is true about statements of practical treatment a they are not associated with signal words. B. It is not important to have the pesticide label in case of a poisoning emergency. C. Statements about inducing vomiting are not found on the label. D. All danger labels contain a note to physicians describing appropriate medical procedures. Question 9. Directions for mixing and loading a pesticide are usually found under A. The Agricultural Use Requirements B. The Directions for Use C. Environmental Hazards D. Precautionary Statements Question 10. Who is responsible for developing MSDS's on specific chemicals and providing them on request a the EPA b the USDA c OSHA d the product manufacturer end of review questions for chapter 3 pesticide labeling pages 49 and 50. Answers to the review questions, Chapter 3, Pesticide Label. Question 1. What is needed to apply pesticide legally when a pest problem arises for which a food or feed commodity is not on the registered pesticide label or a tolerance has not yet been established? Correct answer, A, an emergency exemption. Which Question 2. Which of the following sections under FIFRA exempts the registration pesticides considered to pose minimum risk? Correct answer, D, Section 25B. Question 3. The active ingredient in LORS band 75WG is listed as chlorpyrifos with a long technical name. What does the term chlorpyrifos represent? Correct answer, C the common name. Which statement about pesticide label names and ingredients is true? Correct answer B. Various manufacturers use different trade names even though the products contain the same active ingredient. Question 5. What is the purpose of the signal word? Correct answer A to give the user an indication of the relative acute toxicity of the product to humans and animals. Question 6. The route of entry statement on a label, extremely hazardous by skin contact, rapidly absorbed through the skin, would most likely appear with which signal word? Correct answer. A. Danger. Question 7. The statement, do not breathe vapors or spray mist. It is an example of A. A specific, correct act, correct answer A. A specific action statement. Question 8. Which is true about statements of practical treatment? Correct answer, answer D. All danger labels contain a note to physicians describing appropriate medical procedures. Question 9. Directions for mixing and loading a pesticide are usually found under, correct answer, B, the directions for use. Question 10, who is responsible for developing MSDSs on specific chemicals and providing them on request? Correct answer, D, the product manufacturer.